another episode of the bench mob podcast we are back here joined tonight by the full squad we got miles smooth operator mr wholesome himself in the building how you doing tonight i'm good i'm feeling great hey yo chill out chill out chill out chill out chill out chill out for our people that can see this for the listeners that can't miles like to start off every show flexing the waves and we know who he's doing it for but he swear he holds some black men don't cheat joined also by greg hot takes you can debate your mother sends me in the building tonight how you doing my brother i'm doing great because uh blake griffin's a net kenny Galladay's a free agent so like, <laughs> life is good bro life is good kenny I, i've been talking about kenny Galladay for a minute bro i, I gonna find out let the Giants get him. You're never going to hear the end of it. I promise you. Yeah, you already know the vibes. Greg's been saying it for the last six episodes. It's up and it's stuck. <laughs> and it's really looking stuck right now. He's getting a lot of good news as of, as of late. And, of course, we're joined by Mr. Moneybags. It's levels to this. CJ. We're going to cut that out right now. We're going to cut that out right now. This is Yo. the last episode that's actually going to be my intro. Just let y'all know, bro. So we all went out this past weekend. This joker CJ pulled up with an Audi truck with a snowplow on the front, like Drake. Stop it. He different. I did pull up there, with the Audi levels. truck, but I, I know snowplow. There's <laughs> levels to it. Money bags. How you doing tonight? When you plow snow. <laughs> bro, bro, it's 55 degrees outside. He's talking about I pull up with a snowplow on my truck. <laughs> but uh, we good. We good, man. Got this beautiful uh, jug from Hydro Jug. Shout out to them. You know, get your water in. You know, it's about to be that time. So if you want to promote Hydro Drug, you know, we, we need a sponsor. So shout out to them. Hydro Drug. Hydro Jug. I said Hydro Drug. That's a whole nother company. That's a whole nother company. <laughs> Hydro Jug. If y'all want to connect with us, place your ad here. All right. We're going to start off All-Star Weekend. What were your takeaways from it, uh, from this All-Star Weekend? Were y'all excited from it? Was it boring? What was y'all takes? Man, we was all together, so I think that made it more interesting than, than it really was. Um, in terms of, like, the game itself, hey, man, it was a blowout at the end of the day, Team Braun. I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. I, I was on this podcast talking talking Team Durant. But with that being said, there were, there were some injuries to be had prior to the game. Not injuries, but, you know, COVID concerns prior to the game. But at the end of the day, man, I, I thought it was more interesting than, than it would have been, you know, just the game in general. And 
you know, the one thing that I took away from that game and I really enjoyed was watching like LeBron James, someone who didn't want to play the game in the first place, really just be out there and enjoying himself, right? Steph, him and Steph Curry playing together for the first time and in, in their all-star careers and, you know, just having fun. Him, Dame, everyone, man. Everyone was, was having a blast. Giannis looked like a little kid out there, man, winning MVP and, you know, just balling out. So I think they all had a good time. It was nice that they, they made it all in one day. That way the players can enjoy their breaks now. Um, but, yeah, we, we saw some some good basketball from, uh, you know, Dame Lillard. We saw good basketball from, from a lot of people. Um, and it, overall, you know, the All-Star game itself uh, was fun to watch. Mentioning that, that it all happened in one, basically one evening outside of, you know, having the rappers play the, on Friday or Thursday, should they have done this at all? It seemed so rushed. Like the dunk contest was, we got our food, ate half of our food, and it was done. So should they have done this at all? Like everything just seemed rushed. Y'all got, y'all got your food. I didn't get my food one time. <laughs> y'all got your food. I was sitting there for a hot minute away from my food, bro. Shout out to Karen, our, our waitress. <laughs> <laughs> I was still sick about that. <laughs> well, nah, should they have done it at all, man? It seemed definitely rushed, the whole process. And some at certain points, you could see some of the plays wasn't in in, in it at all, really. Just going through the motions. Yeah, you saw it on every single event. The skills challenge, I saw Luca go out there and just throw the ball. He got to the part where he was throwing the basketball through. He had to throw it through the little hoop. And this dude just throwing it all wherever he wherever he pleases. He doesn't he doesn't care. You know he lost his Sabonis. Like he's jogging through the through the uh, cones, the NBA logo cones. It, it was a joke. It was a joke from start to finish. The game was a joke. You know, and I and Dame pulling up. I think the most entertaining part of the game was Dame pulling up from half court. Dame and Steph. There was nothing more entertaining. Yeah, there was nothing more entertaining than that. LeBron played 13 minutes. And sat down and relaxed and said, "Nah, man, I'm getting ready for this next run because I heard the Nets just got Blake Griffin. Now that time, Blake <laughs> hadn't gotten there, but still, like he was getting ready for the next run. He wasn't worried about this. So, like in all seriousness, it was just it was a joke from start to finish. I mean, it was cool to be with you guys. Got if I was at the crib, I probably I heard what had it on, but just muted it and just laid down in bed and then fell asleep by mid game because it just wasn't something that was that was worth really tuning into, to be honest." Yo, something to throw out there before you transition, because we don't really need to stay too long on this because we were together. We all had the same type of viewpoint. It wasn't that great of an all-star weekend. Do you think – I saw this tweet that was going viral. Should they add on a one-on-one, like, king of the court part to all-star? Yes. Yeah. For sure. That's what would be crazy, although I don't know – NBA, NBA owners and coaches and everybody to be on board with that because they can get real competitive real quick and get it can get crazy. But yo, that'd be so much fun to watch. That'd be more fun than any other event they have going on. More than a three point contest, more than a dunk contest. You get like Jason Tatum playing against, I don't know, against Paul George. Like you get that kind of stuff. Just I think I think a lot of guys wouldn't want to smoke though because you get you get violated on in national or national TV and a one on one is different than getting violated in a one on one matchup in a game. It's a lot different. So. I think it'd be real difficult for a guy like Paul George, for example, whose image is already, you know, pandemic PI here, you know, for him to get, you know, kicked on, on, on TV, like 
it, it would be real bad. It would be real bad one on one. But obviously, I'm picking on him. It can. It, I think a lot of guys would want smoking that, but the real ones would show up. I think Dane would show up. Kyrie would show up. It'd be really, really, really exciting. So K- KD um, going at people's heads. KD would be in that Joe, for sure. KD being there. Um, D book. Oh my God, D books ones. Like, and then you get to really see how how tough some of these guys are too, because like playing in a five on five game is so much different than playing one on one. As any Hoover knows, like. You play one on one, like you get to go into the whole bag. Like it's every, there's nothing off. There's no limits to what you can do. You know. Yeah. So, no. Yeah, miles. Miles. No. When we had King of the Court, my bag too <laughs> deep for Miles. But would this? you? Would you? Oh, you on? Good. You on point for? You on page for King of the Court? You want to see King of the Court and uh, NBA All Star? I mean, something to spice it up. Because if they're not going to have like superstars, like you, usually the dunk contest is one of the highlights of the, the weekend, but now it's becoming just another event at the All-Star game. Because this year, they only had three guys, all guys that aren't very much like impact players on their team. And then like it was real screwy because the, the scoring was off. That Even that last round, you don't even know what the score was. They just crowned a winner and it was just like, what? The dunk contest is over. Like now, they need to change it next year. They need to really go back and, and try to change things. But that could have just been because this whole thing was a little rushed. Like a lot of these players didn't want the All Star Weekend this this year, and they just scrambled to put it together in the span of like a two day two day event which was really just a one-day event because I don't really count that rappers two-on-two as something that actually happened. I'm just going to imagine that didn't happen because – Hey. Shout out to Lil Bibby walking in the gym looking like a dude who hasn't ever been into a, in a gym his entire life. The way hey, we throw we throw a shade at Lil Baby, but I don't know if everybody else saw Fabulous shot two air balls. Two air balls from three with money on the line with Bobby Schmerter there. Two air balls and Schmurder tried to help him out. Schmurder even came like, yo, I'm not a baller. I ain't with that type of energy. Like I could hustle, but I'm not a baller. <laughs> Fabulous air balls, the first three-pointer. This joker really was too cool for school. He didn't jump or nothing. He shot a three-pointer like it was a free throw, as if he was Braun, and then shot the second one the same exact way. And it was a worse off air ball. Schmurder, like, yo, take your chains off. He wanted to keep <laughs> all 12 chains on with a hoodie. And shoot a three point as a free throw. Okay, five. That little baby shot was crazy. That (laughs) he took that just hit all backward. Yo, two chains (laughs) might not. Two chains might not ever be on another little baby song ever after that. I'm not. He's talking about I'm balling. Like you can't say I'm balling on another track with two chains. Keep it quiet on that. And before we transition, speaking of the dunk contest, two of the three contestants haven't even had a dunk in their career in an NBA game yet. By the way, just throw it out there. Two of them haven't even had a dunk in an NBA game yet. Hey, but that, that Obi dunk was 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 wild. The one where you threw, No, where you Obi's the it. one. Obi was the only one that actually had a dunk yeah. in an NBA game. That first yeah. dunk, right? That first dunk we talking about? Cash is the best scary. one. Huh? The Obi's was the best, in my opinion, was the best. Yeah, that was the best one. That was yeah, the best one. Yeah, the balance, sure. like, and he and he did it like on his, on his second attempt. It was it was stupid, like poor planning. He gonna do that whack dunk where he jump over. We seen dudes jump over dudes head, and you're six nine, and you pushed off his head. 
Stop doing right. that duck. Retire that. Yeah. Then, right. then they gave a, a crown to a guy who just blew a kiss at the rim. Like, nah, he, jumps, he, he jumps high. He jumps high. He, 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 he did jump <laughs> high off of that, but but he should have kissed the rim. If he, if you that close, like just peck it. Nah, peck I, wouldn't, it, I wouldn't have pecked that dunk because he would have cut his lip up and all types of crazy <laughs> stuff. Cutting his and, lip. He would have, bro. He was look. I, honestly, the dunk where he goes up and grabs the basketball off the mini hoop at the top of the square and then dunks yeah, that it. Was that's, max. that's that's impressive. Now that being said, that dunk is weak in last year's dunk contest. Like it's considered weak. He doesn't get fifties because he's going against Aaron Gordon and Zach. And I mean, Zach yeah. wasn't there. but guys like that of that caliber, it's not even a competition. So I think it was all. It was so. It was such a bad dunk contest that dunks like that impressed me. His raw athleticism is incredible, but he has no like real showmanship. None. None that's what I, that's that's exactly what I was saying. There was no showmanship this weekend, and that possibly could be because there was no fans. Possibly because they didn't really want to do it. Like you switch into the T Mac jersey, and the the Joker's face was just it was no excitement, no Blame. dance, or nothing. You switched into the T Mac jersey. Okay, that that's it. That's all we're doing. But something else that happened during the all-star weekend which had greg excited he didn't need any coffee he didn't need anything to be awake this woke him up alone he was wired after this blake griffin signed to the brooklyn nets for the vet minimum 1.22 million for the rest of this year brooklyn views him as a small ball sensor alternative off the bench Throw this out there in 20 games. He's been averaging 12.3 points, 36.5% from the field, 31.5% from deep. What does this signing mean for the Nets championship hopes? I think Greg should go first. Yeah, <laughs> Greg, it's your team, baby. It's scary hours. It's scary hours, yo. This, this, this reminds me of a great proverb from Luis Scola. Long-time NBA forward. He works for the Nets now. He played for the Nets in the, the Nets' worst days. Most people, most of y'all don't know who Louis Cole, Cole is. I can go over your heads, the listeners. I know that. And that's okay. But um, he said that when the Nets got good, they'd get whoever they wanted. He said that when the Nets were horrible, when they were bad. Like when they were like 12 and 72, just moved to the Barclays, Isaiah Whitehead starting, no shade to Isaiah Whitehead. But like just really bad, just a really bad basketball team. He said that. So this, this is prophetic. This coming to to, to to light now and it all happening this way. But but Blake, yes, the numbers aren't great from this year. I genuinely believe that man was dogging it in Detroit. I genuinely believe he knew he was going to get bought out because they were not going to keep him on that ginormous contract. They were going to do whatever they could to get him up out of there. And, and to begin with, the Clippers, out of spite, moved him to Detroit and sent him sent him to hell. Basically, you okay? You went from L.A. to Detroit. No shade to Detroit. I mean, listeners, listeners in Detroit, but come on, now. like y'all rather be in L.A. too. So it, it's that's the reality of it. And then so you think about it. Think about back to when he went back to L.A. to play the Clippers for the first time after the, after the trade. He didn't shake Bomber's hand. I remember he ran right past Bomber and Bomber tried to shake his hand. Like there's bad feelings there. So. I, I genuinely believe he has dogged it there. The year before this year, he was averaging like 24 points a game on 12 rebounds. He looked like Blake Griffin hitting threes at a high clip. He looked he looked really good. And this year, just disinterested, plays 20 games, doesn't record a dunk. He's taking less than six attempts from two, like from two-point range in the paint this year, which is insane. Like in his best years, he was, he was getting 18 shots in the paint. In his best years, in the elite Blake Griffin years. 18. 
this this year six, less than six. So it's that's shot. That's not just shot selection. That's just like yo, like I'm not taking these shots because I don't give it. I don't care. I don't care. Right. That's what he's saying. So um, I, I'm excited. He'll get. He'll be motivated. You're gonna see some dunks. You're gonna see some lobs from him, from Kyrie to him, from from these guys. I think he's gonna come out there with fresh legs and. People in Detroit are gonna be like, all right, so you do know how to dunk. Like it's gonna be like Where? that. But um, nah, man, I'm excited. It's scary, it's scary hours. That small ball line's gonna be crazy. They have someone who can they can interchange with Jeff Green. It doesn't really solve it. It doesn't solve their problems on the defensive end of the ball in terms of that big man that you'd like to get. But it's rumors out there Drummond's considering the Nets too, which is insane. If they, if they get Drummond, my God. And and I'll, I want to segue this too because it th- th- this is getting scary for the Lakers, bro. I, I picked the Lakers to win in in six games. Now it's seven. Now it's seven. He's getting scary. I still got the Lakers. But yo, let me tell you something. If Bron beats this this Brooklyn Nets team, Bron is the undisputed. And I already think he's undisputed goal. But for real, like, I don't want to hear from no Jordan people ever again. If he beats this Brooklyn team in the finals this year, in year 18 at 36 years old, with Kyrie, KD, James, Blake, and possibly Drummond, <laughs> bruh, it's he's now he's not just the greatest battle player of all time, he's the greatest athlete ever. I, I already think this about LeBron, but I'm just saying, like, for everybody else, don't come to me with no arguments, don't text my phone, leave me alone, leave me alone. That's it. So, I'm gonna leave it at that. But, um, it's scary hours. Long story short, yeah, man. And in, in addition to everything that you just said, like. Like it, 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 it hit me today too. Like thinking about it, like it truly is scary hours. And and if you're the Lakers, you got to be like, you, you know, you know their their general management office. They they doing everything they can to try to get some pieces over there because like, you know, this is going to be a finals matchup, right? We we all pick you know Lakers Nets to, to be a finals matchup. And um, quite frankly, AD and and LeBron ain't enough right now. They're gonna need some pieces to be able to keep up with this team. But um, I mean, the Blake Griffin signing makes sense, right? Like. It doesn't help them defensively, like Greg said, but at the same time, this definitely solidifies them as, as favorites in the East. And the one thing that spoke to me about the signing was, you know, w- when you're looking at this from, from Blake Griffin's standpoint, he not, he not worried about the bag. He worried about winning the chip at this point in his career. He, he's an all-star. He's been an all-star for, for the past few years, uh, other than as of recent, due to having that knee injury, like in, in 2019. But, I mean, this, this is a guy that left $13 million on the table to go play with uh, some people that he's already familiar with, with Bruce Brown, having played with him uh, in Detroit the past two years. He played with um, DeAndre Jordan when it was Lob City in, back in uh, L.A. So, you know, he, he's ready to win. And I'm sure he's, he's going to, like you said, I'm sure he was dogging it back in Detroit. And he's going to come in here with flesh, fresh legs. We're going to be seeing him, you know, dunking and whatnot. Um, but what he brings to this team, man, is, is he brings all-star experience on top of a team that are, already has multiple all-stars. Um, good ball handling skills. Like Greg said, he was shooting the ball at a high clip, you know, a few years ago prior to his injury. And um, this this year, from what we saw from Blake Griffin, I promise you, is the normal Blake Griffin. Does he make that much of a difference to an already stacked team? We're going to find out. Versatility. Versatility. That's what he brings to the Nets. They're going to do whatever. He's a Swiss Army knife in this, in this team. Yeah, he can run that second team, too. <laughs> Yep. Hey, Miles, tell me what you think. I've seen some tweets that said the Nets had to do all of this and still end up losing in seven to the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Um, 
No, nah, that's a good pickup. I like it. Um, with Blake Griffin, it adds that, like they were talking about, that small ball element to this team. I think he could he could be similar <clears> to <throat> how Draymond Green and Golden State is that small ball center for them. He can they got shooters on this team, which is that's why it reminds me of Golden State a little bit. Because in that pick and roll and the if they do a little motion offense, Kyrie's gonna be open. Harden's gonna be open. Durant's gonna be open. Like they got guys, Joe Harris is gonna be open. So like Blake Griffin's not as bad as he's been these last couple of years. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be given 110% in Detroit where biggest thing over there is eight mile. And that's, that's a long time ago. So, but yeah, Blake Griffin, it's definitely a, it bumps them up on the, the ring towards getting a ring. Um. The rich get richer. I still don't think, like Greg talking about seven games, they still don't have nobody that's going to defend AD. And as much as Greg mentions it on this show, it's reports that Drummond actually is now more so leaning towards LA. If the Lakers get Drummond, scary hours for Brooklyn. Y'all need to have a curfew, close up shop early, don't go out past six. If they get Drummond, forget it. <laughs> but before we transition, at this point, um, of course, with this trade, you know, people have been talking, like we mentioned, it was a couple years where it wasn't the Blake Griffin of what we knew. Is Blake Griffin a Hall of Famer, you think? Does he need a ring to solidify him being a Hall of Famer? He had a great start off to his career, and it's kind of been tailed off since then. I think for him personally, I don't I don't think, you know, if we want to classify him as a Hall of Famer, I don't think going to the Nets when, when they're already in position to to get a ring this year, I don't think that, that makes you a Hall of Famer, even if you do come out with a win uh, and, and you do come out with a ring. I think it, for, for Blake Griffin to become a Hall of Famer, he's going to have to write his own story and, and maybe go, go to a team. Again, teams aren't probably going to build around him at this point in his career, but at the same time, I think – for, for you as a man going to an already stacked team like and getting a, a ring that way when, when they're already balling out this season prior to you getting there, it's not like you coming in and you taking over and you changing the narrative um, and bringing them to a win. So per- personally, I don't, I don't think that that would make him a Hall of Famer, even if he gets a, a ring this year. But um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. No. It's solid, yeah. But like Greg said, no. I don't think that – he's done enough in his career to right to get to that hall of fame level like if you think about it cp3's been running the show for the clippers for most of his career and as we've seen chris paul can make just about anybody look good so not to say that he wasn't he wasn't good but early on he wasn't the most skilled like he was mainly a dunker grabbed rebounds but mainly a dunker so kind of like in the, the Sean Kemp mode of a basketball player. But then once he got to Detroit, he got a little more skill. He started hitting threes. Maybe if he was like this early on in his career, maybe there would be a different tone about him. But, I mean, to me, he's just been a very good dunker for most of his career. And that's why people make a big deal about him not dunking in the last two years because – that's what his whole career has been based off of. Like his rookie season was 
poster after poster every night. So he's one of the most exciting players of the last decade, but that doesn't make you a Hall of Famer. Very true. Um, I'd have to agree. I won't put him in the Hall of Fame discussion as of right now. Who knows how his, you know, his career will end off. Maybe this reignites his career in a sense. He is, isn't the youngest, you know, spring chicken anymore, but I don't know about being a Hall of Famer. The reason why he's not a Hall of Famer is because he never made, he didn't maintain his peak height for a long enough time. That is, that's why the injuries derailed that. If the injuries don't derail his career, then yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. He would have maintained it for a long, a long enough period of time. But that Clippers one wasn't that long. It wasn't that long for him. Um, I don't know the exact number of years on the top of my head, but I, I don't think it was any more than five or six seasons. That wasn't was that long. Of a, it was five? It, I'm right, pretty sure it was five. Yeah, it wasn't that long of a period of time, and the injuries derailed it. So because of that, you you can't be in the Hall of Fame for that. I it's 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 very similar to Zion for me. Like he, him and Zion have a lot of parallels for me. They come in, they're both really gifted slashers or crazy athletic. We never we haven't seen that kind of athleticism before at that level with those with those guys that size. And they come in, and you know they're both injury prone. They both had a history of injuries, and and you have to wonder with Zion. Similar question. I know where I'm changing the topic a little bit, but. Is he going to be a similar story where he he can have a crazy high peak, but can he maintain it? How long do you maintain your peak? Because that's what an all-star is. An all-star maintains an elite level of play for nine, ten years, like for real. And that's what CP3 and guys like that have done. Charles Barkley, he's, he's, he's a Hall of Famer for that reason. Like he was an incredible MVP level player, but, you know, he didn't win a chip. But that that it's about maintaining elite level play. And Blake didn't do that long enough to be in the conversation, so. Yeah, you got to maintain it. Um, and by all accounts, same conversation with Zion. If Zion stays healthy, then we sure. think his tra- – Yeah, sure. Trajectory is definitely Hall of Fame. Um, we're at the halfway point. Tomorrow, game start again. What has been some of the biggest surprises and disappointments of the season? So we'll start off with disappointments. What has been some of the most disappointments or shocking parts of the season thus far? I'd say like the Hawks, definitely the Hawks have been disappointed. I thought they were going to be a lot better this year, signing all those pieces, making a lot of moves. But, I mean, due to injuries, due to chemistry issues, guys clashing heads, you know, Trey Young and John Collins, they don't seem like a, a good fit long term. But whenever a team has playoff aspirations and we all thought that they were going to be pretty good this year and they still could make the playoffs because the East is just that week. When a coach gets fired, it's like, damn, how did we get here? We thought that this is only like his second season. I thought he was going to be here for at least three, four years with Trey Young. They drafted a couple guys like DeAndre Hunter's really good. Cam Reddish, we, Still got to wait and see on him, but I don't know. They've kind of shocked me how they they've played. Like the Knicks, even though we should be in that surprise, we should be everybody's surprise pick this year. But we've beaten them a couple times, and it hasn't been that close. So when I I can't remember the last time I was saying that about a Knicks team, like we're we're smacking teams like that. So for the Hawks. <laughs> You got to be disappointed in losing to the Knicks as many times as you have this year. So they're one of my disappointments. 
DJ, money bags. What's been one of your disappointments so far this season? Hey, man, I'm going to embrace that name, money bags. It's time to just embrace it because <laughs> there's clearly no stopping you from, from uh, you know, going ahead and, and continuing to call me that. But disappointments for me that <laughs> – <laughs> Y'all stupid. Disappoint- <laughs> Disappointments for me this year, man. I, I agree with uh, Miles on the Hawks. I had them down too. But another disappointment, you know, when when looking back on it, you know, at the halfway market is the Wizards, right? I mean, we're talking about Russell Westbrook and we're talking about Brad Beal. And I think Brad Beal is doing everything that he possibly can. But, um, you know, for, for Russell, he, he when, that, when that trade happened and, and he was sent there, I don't think anyone expected them to be, you know, 12th in, in the East. Um, I thought, you know, people probably expected them to hang around the middle of the pack and, uh, you know, just kind of progress from there. And because that's what we've seen from Russell. We've seen dominant play from him over the years, even though, like, he, you know, a lot of people want to say he's not a team player and, and he doesn't help his teammates get better. But at the same time, like, Russell's only averaging 20 points a game right now and, and, and Brad is averaging 32. And, you know, I think that's a, a tall order to ask for, for one person is to, to give you 30 buckets every, you know, I mean, 30 points every night. Um, and part of the problem with them, too, is, is they don't got a bench. If you take a look at, at their players that are coming off the bench, there's six players on their team that are averaging um, around 15 minutes and they're getting less than, than seven, six points a game. Uh, and, and that's what they're averaging. So, I mean, they have no bench play and, and Brad Beal feels like he has to go out there all night and, uh you know, give you, give you 30. And, and again, that's, that's a tall order. They're, they're 14 and 20 right now sitting 12th in, in the Eastern conference. And yeah, yeah. They had a, a little bit of a turnaround before the all-star break, right. They, they won eight of their last 11 games, but um, let's, let's see if they can get some momentum and, and slowly try to build this out. But again, I think the season's too long. And I think for, for them, at least with, with just the two of them, if, if they don't add some pieces, it's going to be hard for them to, to, you know, kind of work their way back up and then surprises what's, obviously go ahead what's crazy with Washington in the east this just tells you how bad the east is <laughs> at 14 and 20 they're only three games out of the six seed yeah three games and they have they have momentum on their side like I said they won eight out of their, their last 11 going into all-star break so Let's see, if, let's see if this rest helps them. And hey, they're, they're right behind the uh, the Hawks, right? Yep, they right behind. They behind. Yo, the East is something else. Greg, give me your uh, disappointments of this season so far. <laughs> Disappointment. Well, my my disappointment this year is the Pelicans. Um, <laughs> they they really really have been disappointing to me, and it's not so much about the players. I mean, obviously, you can blame the players that are out there on the court playing, but it's about Van Gundy. It's about Van Gundy. Um, they fired Alvin Gentry, and I, I think the players really liked him and responded to him. Obviously, they let him go, and that's, you know, that is what that is. But you hire Van Gundy. Van Gundy's known as a defensive genius. You're right. Every team he's ever coached has been a good defensive team. They don't play any defense, like, at all. And, and, and to make things worse, they don't utilize anybody on the offensive side of the ball the right way. They just started kind of doing that. They're too talented to be as bad as they are, and to not be in the playoff picture at all in the West, like to not to not be in the to not be within. I know they're kind of within sniffing distance now, but most of the season they've been horrible and haven't even been close now. And and they've got no, like I said, they're they're turning a corner. They seem to be a little bit right now, but it it is unbelievable how bad 
they've been. And with all that talent, like for Van Gundy to get a pass after this season, and I know it's his first year on his job and he's got an NBA pedigree and he's been around, right? And people love the Van Gundys around the NBA. It's, un- it's inexcusable. There's just no way to make sense of it. Lonzo, the way they utilized Lonzo early in this season was a joke to me. And I know that people people talk about Zion and talk about Brandon Ingram on that team. And that's cool. Like those guys are obviously star players and all-stars. And um, I think Ingram will eventually be an all-star in the NBA, but Zoe was the X factor that makes that whole thing go. And, and when they put his name out there and they shopped him out there for free agency, for free agency, for, for trades, potential trades as a, as a trade piece, there are a lot of teams that are interested including the, including the Warriors. Teams are interested in Lonzo Ball because what he can do, he can, he can guard the other team's best defensive, the best offensive player on the perimeter and he can hit threes and space the floor for you. And he's a playmaker. He's very viable in today's NBA. But up until recently, they've been misusing him. And even now, I still think they do because they don't encourage him enough to put the ball on the floor. He's all, they turn him into a spot-up shooter. And while he's, he's changed the narrative there, he can shoot the ball. There's so much more to his game to unlock that will make that team better. He can be their Draymond. He can really be their Draymond. Like, he is that, he's that good. And he's going to be a better shooter for you. So – uh, it, it's so upsetting to see the way they've, they've just kind of come out the gate slow this year with all that talent on that team. And it's really sad, but I just hope, you know, for Pelicans fans, they fire Van Gundy because Hey, if this is Alvin Gentry, he'd be fired already. I don't know if he would have made it to the all-star break. Uh, um, my biggest disappointment, I had to agree on, on, on that front with the whole Van Gundy situation, but it's Van Gundy. So the fact one, he's been out of the, out of coaching for, I don't know how long and he got the job. That's, Crazy problem number one right there. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he'll get at least two years out of his contract before they consider even firing him. But I'd have to say the Denver Nuggets, 21 and 15, they was off to a really slow start. Um, they've improved their number six, but I don't think with how they played, again, some may say because it was the bubble and they didn't have to travel and it wasn't fans and they had to deal with that. A lot of people were picking Denver to be a top three, top four team where you like, hey, it's the Lakers competing, the Clippers, and probably Denver with Michael Porter Jr., Bo Bo, Murray, Jokic. Barton was coming back fully healthy. I don't – we'll see if they, you know, could turn it around and be consistent going to run the second half because Jokic is not getting a lot of help uh, so far, consistent help, that is, and – in regards to Murray, we've seen that his whole career, though. It hasn't been a consistent help where he's supposed to be that Robin to the Batman. It hasn't been consistently Robin. Like, some nights he's Robin, some nights he's just a regular citizen. So, it hasn't worked out. The most inconsistent player I've ever, I've ever seen, Jamal Murray. One night he can be uh, look like a Hall of Famer, and the next night he just looks like a regular dude. It's, Bubble it's Murray. crazy. Chris, what's surprises? Up? You started off. What's been some of the, the positives, the surprises so far at this point of the season? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's, it's got to be the Knicks. It's got to be the Knicks. Just because, again, we, we've seen the Knicks year after year. <laughs> oh, he's shedding a tear over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Miles? Uh, Miles over here again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Miles, I'm gonna give you praise. I'm gonna give you praise, man. I'm proud of your Knicks. And uh, hey, they they doing the damn thing. We talked about it a, a few episodes ago on the, on the podcast. We talked about Tibbs and them, but 
hey, they're surprising everyone, man. They're, they're above 500, and, and they're staying above 500 after the All-Star break, right? They, they're going to make a run for this thing. It's going to get tough. You know, the Celtics are getting better. Celtics are getting healthy. Um, but Julius Randle looks good. Derrick Rose looks good. R.J. Barrett looks good. I know Greg would probably disagree, but Emmanuel quickly looks good. And, you know, the one thing about these guys, man, is, is we talked about it. They're having fun. They're playing together and they're playing hard and, and, and they're, they're giving effort throughout the, throughout the whole 40 minutes in the, in the whole game. So, um, hey, if, if, they, if they keep, you know, buying into what, what Tibbs is putting out there, hey, they're they going to make a playoff run and, and we're going to see what's going to happen. Are they going to win the chip this year? No. But at the same time, like, is going to build their momentum for going into next season. And uh, we already talked about it too. Like, hey, maybe a, a free agent – a big name player, you know, wants to go to, to New York. It's a big market. Um, so we're we going to see, but uh, they got to be definitely the biggest surprise this year so far. Uh, let's keep the Knicks tape. Knicks love going. Miles, go ahead. I think we know who your biggest <laughs> surprise is. Uh, since he already showed love to the Knicks, I don't have to. I don't have to. I already know we're, we're the biggest surprise of the, the, the first half, but my – I'm going to choose the Jazz, honestly, because I didn't see them being as good as they've been. Like, they, they, they've always been pretty good with Don, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. They traded for Mike Conley last year, got Clarkson off the bench. But if, I feel like everybody's just turned it up a notch this year. Like, they lost a heartbreaker in the bubble last year. And I honestly thought that they – should have won that series, but they've kind of used that as motivation for this year. And they're beating all the, the best teams in the league right now. Like every team that is up there for like a title, they've beaten them pretty much. Like Donovan Mitchell, another all-star season. I don't know if he's an MVP candidate yet, but if he keeps playing as, as good as he's been, that trajectory could point in that direction I mean Rudy Gobert speaks for himself I mean one of the best defensive bigs if not the best defensive big in the league Mike Conley okay disagree but Mike Conley he's definitely taking it up a notch this year too I mean he's made his first all-star game this year he's added another element to this team and then of course the sixth man of the year Jordan Clarkson is probably the X factor, just that bench scoring that gives them a break when they need it for him to just be that volume scorer off the bench. Like he's had a couple 30 point games this year already. He had a 40 point game too, right? I think so. Yeah. Off yeah. the bench. I, I didn't want to say it without knowing the facts, but they, yeah. <laughs> but Utah is definitely my, my, uh, my surprise this year and they could compete for a championship. So. I don't believe it in regards to being for championship. <laughs> it's not. Did the Hawks when the playoffs? Did the Hawks that Bron yeah. about the Jazz about to get yo the Jazz see the Lakers in the in, in a playoff series and getting swept? Nobody swept. picks the Jazz in two K. Nobody. <laughs> I don't believe it. Everything's clicking, bro. Y'all see? Have y'all seen Jordan Clarkson in the playoffs before? That man pulls <laughs> up. He's playing with yeah. It's cute. It's cute. You could put up a. This is where you could tell the difference of franchises and organizations that's actually been winners. 
they'll put a banner up next season. Uh, we won the first, we were the number one seed in the Western Conference. Cute, but y'all ain't get the chip. Nobody. The fact that LeBron, KD, Charles Bart, all of them was laughing at them on national TV shows nobody in the league is scared of the Jazz when it comes to the playoff time. We know Lakers are on cruise control, 80s injured. See Brooklyn full stream. They not met. I'm not worried. Watch Blake Griffin needs will be rejuvenated seeing Rudy Gobert. It's scary outs for them. <laughs> if they make it, that'll be one of those series. If they make it to the finals, Brooklyn wins 4 0. Average wins was above 10 and a half. Ain't, no, ain't, ain't nobody scared about the Jazz in the playoffs. Anywho, Greg, your biggest surprise? Well, I'm going to say this too. My biggest surprise of the night is that Miles said that Rudy Gobert, the best big defensive big in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> the, best, the, best, the, best, the best defensive big in the NBA, Anthony Davis, bro. Far and away. Far and away. He guards the perimeter. Very good help. Center. Center. He's not a center. Right, fine. You said big. So I'm just making sure. But I'm right. big dudes is AD. But um, my surprise of the year, I'm surprised none of y'all said this. Honestly, bigger, the biggest surprise of in the NBA this year has been the performance of LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball. And you know why? Not, not to people who know basketball. Because the reality is most people don't. But to, to, to people who, who don't know basketball, the general public, we're talking about LaMelo Ball, like he was this reckless kid that was going to come in the NBA and not be able to handle it. I got dudes in the group chat I'm with right now to, who's talking spicy. I had dudes telling me that if LaMelo stayed in high school, he wouldn't have been an All-American. That's what I had dudes telling me. That was the perception on LaMelo Ball. The public perception was that he was just this, this kid – who, who is, I, I can't even use this, I'm, I'm trying to keep it clean on the podcast, this kid who was just reckless, a reckless and out there just taking wild shots and had no actual intelligence. This kid's been a basketball savant his whole life, man. And LeVar been telling people for the longest and people don't want to listen, right? Because, and if you watched his tape at all, people don't, people don't watch, people don't watch tape. People just like to talk about stuff they don't watch, you know what I'm saying? Like people like to look, talk about my takes and they don't listen to the whole podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like I get duped every time. It's no different. <laughs> It's no different. People don't actually take time to look into things. If you watch Melo's tape from high school when he was a freshman and a sophomore in the state championship, when they were in the state championship games, that kid could play. He was a smart hooper, man. Like he, it was always there. The ability was always there. And you saw him play in the JBA, which no one took seriously. I, and the JBA, I knew. The JBA, I knew he was going to be an, a long, an NBA player. Like I just knew it was going to happen from that point on, honestly, because of the growth spurt. And it's the ability there. And he was just dogging it in some of them games. But, man, like, he's fine-tuned his game. Shout-out to his trainer, JJ. Shout-out to LeVar Ball for believing in him. Shout-out to the Ball family. He goes into Charlotte. And he, he's he got them as one of the most efficient offenses in the NBA. They're going to make the playoffs this year. Like, they're really going to make the playoffs. So he has to stay healthy. But he's by far and away the best rookie in the NBA. It's not close. He's by far and away – one of the best point guards in the NBA. I, I think he is a top 10 point guard in basketball. It is actually crazy for him to be a top 10 point guard in basketball. His rookie year, he has been that good. And Jordan's, Jordan gave him credit. Jordan don't give nobody credit. Jordan don't, talk, don't, Jordan don't name LeBron by name, but he gave him mellow ball credit. Just, just think about it. It's insane. It's insane. So he's my surprise. Um, he's going to win rookie of the year. He's going to be a perennial all-star in the NBA. I would not be surprised if he, if he wins an MVP. That kid is very is special. He's special. He's a very good player. I've been saying it for a long time. So, shout out yeah, to I think that's the one thing I took away too was like, yo, Jordan gave him credit. He said he's exceeded all of our expectations so far. Like, 
I mean, the kid's a rookie. Imagine how far he has to go left. Like, it's, it's crazy. Jordan smacking these kids on the back of their heads. Like, that's what Jordan <laughs> doing. And he gave mellow credit on a public forum. Jordan does not say LeBron's name, like, by name. He doesn't say LeBron. He called him LBJ. He's mad petty. He's a petty man. For him to give this kid credit when his dad was talking all that, that, that hot for the longest, like, Jordan is petty like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about a dude who has ice cubes in his figure, his, the logo, if he has a logo shaped ice cubes, he sells at his, uh, that he has at his um, golf, at his golf cl- uh, club. Like, this is the guy we're talking about right now. So, for him to give Melo credit and go out of his way to do that, man, listen, yo, that kid is the truth. And to respect all, yo, love to the Hornets. They did a great job. They are set for the next 10 years, 10, 12 years, so long as Melo doesn't get bored of them and want to go to LA, which could happen. But yeah. Speaking of facts, um, for our listeners, just to, you know, give you a little preview, we are going, you know, have our predictions of the awards um, this far in the season. We did not put on a docket rookie of the year because everybody unanimously on this show agrees with it being LaMelo Ball. So we're not even going to touch on that. That's We're not even going to put it as a poll. Like if anybody says anything else, you might get unfollowed. So we're just going to try to spare y'all of that right now. Transition into cap or facts. Cowboys signing Dak Prescott makes them favorites in the NFC East. Cap or facts? Facts. Big cap. Yeah, big facts. Big cap. You say cap? Oh, who's the best QB in the division now? Is it still Dak or it's Daniel Jones? It's Dak for now. Yeah. For now, for now, that can be had. Hey, uh, let's talk. Let's talk about this. This is exciting. I'm not let you go first. I'm gonna interrupt you. Because <laughs> I got, I've been talking about Dak for a long time. I'm so happy that a black man got paid. I will say that I am so happy. He has the best contract in all football. Seventy-seven million dollars he can make with incentives next year. Seventy-seven. Shout out to him. He's gonna be a free agent when he's thirty-one. He has no tag and no and no a trade clause. That man won. Jerry is the is supposed to be the master negotiator. I don't know what he was doing. That man Dak won. That's what happened. That's good. I'm happy about that. Let's, let's get into Dak. Let's have the let's talk about the raw hard facts about Dak Prescott. I'm gonna let Miles go first. Who will get to me? No, no, you go first. You you very animated about this one. My yo, Dak is a good football player. He's a good football player. Like D- Dak is like an all-star NBA player. Cool. I think we can all agree with that. I don't know that he's an elite quarterback in the NFL. I, I don't know that. I know he led, the NFL, he led the NFL in passing yards all year this year. His numbers have progressively gone up throughout his career. But that came at the cost of winning games. Like, the Cowboys haven't been that good, okay? When they were good, do you remember when they were good? They had the really good running game, and they were feeding the ball to Zeke. It was feed Zeke. That's all when Zeke was, like, being debated as the number one running back in the game with Ty really top of his game. That's what it was for the longest time. And when, when that was happening, Dak – Dak followers will tell you, hey, look, the guy's a winner, right? That was the defense of him then because Dak was just kind of riding. He was he was managing the game. He was managing the game. And then now he's gotten a little better, right? But the team around him hasn't been, hasn't been that great. The offense has been pretty explosive. The defense isn't that great. He's all be throwing the ball over the yard. That's cool. I'm not saying that Dak isn't a great player. But against great teams, even when Dak had those great – the great roster around him, the Cowboys looked like they could go to a Super Bowl – what happened? That 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 man has has not beaten great teams that often throughout his career. He does not beat playoff teams. He he is like 
I, yo, I have the numbers, bro. I don't want you to go first. I want to pull the numbers up. I want to recite the numbers to y'all because the numbers is really crazy. Like, yo, just give me a second, bro. Give me a second. We don't even. I'm. I've watched the game over the last couple of years. I wanted, as a Cowboys fan, I wanted them to sign Dak back, but Dak still has to be proven in the big games, and he still has to be proven in the playoffs. Oh wait, pause. Hold up. Dallas Cowboys really don't go to the playoffs, so yeah, I wouldn't put him on that top five pedestal as some people have been putting him because he's not proven in the biggest moments. It's been plenty of games before Greg even pulls up the stats where if Dak did his job, they would have actually made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Can I run this off real quick? Run it Dak, off. Dak is 7-18 and 18 against teams with winning records these last three seasons. He has 37 touchdowns and 36 turnovers. <laughs> James 36. Is he almost he has almost as many turnovers as he does touch as he does touchdowns against good teams. Now, call me crazy. Uh, Miles becoming left at Daniel Jones because he got turnovers. Miles becoming left, but when Dak do it against good teams and it means something, it don't mean anything, right? You That's see what I'm saying? True. You see how they move the goalposts? You see how they move the goalposts? It's it's crazy, bro. <laughs> it's actually crazy. So, <clears throat> yo, you watch Dak, you can you see that his level of play definitely takes a drop a, a step back when he plays against these really great football teams. Antonio as a Cowboy fan can see it. Cowboys fans know, okay, but you had to pay Dak because he's been good enough to to deserve the money, right? And the, the contract doesn't bother me because it was his turn. That you reset the market as a quarterback. It was his turn to get paid. That's fine. But you want to talk about them being a favorite in the division? No. No. And and the reason why is because the Cowboys are a rebuilding football team, and they don't know it yet. They gave this guy a ton of money. They have a bunch of weapons on offense. Great. The old line is deteriorating. Now it's on the way down. Okay? Then their defense on the back end, Diggs was a pleasant surprise last year. They need help. Okay? They let Byron Jones walk. They need help on the defensive side of the ball on all levels. Okay? Van Dash has been injury, injury plagued. Jalen Smith is still a good player, but it's kind of declined his performance lately. I think a, a Dan Quinn will help out with that. Their defense will be better next year because they're going to allocate money to the defense. But how much better is the question? Because now you got to win shootouts. That's where they were last year. They're still trying to rebuild that defense and rebuild that offensive line, patch it up, make sure they can keep this guy upright. That's the bottom line. So, yes, Dak deserves the money. But are they favorites? Nah, because – you still got to deal with Washington. As my daughter, uh, Washington's a good football team. They are. They, they, they're going to they're gonna be better next year. They're going to add pieces. They're, they're solid. The quarterback situation is sticky right now. I don't know what they're going to do about that. That's their only downfall. And then you got to deal with the New York Giants. We, we, what was the team in the division that we, I'm not mentioning here? The Eagles? We're not, really, we, we not going to talk about that. The Eagles are not in the conversation as far as I'm concerned. I love Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to be very good. Do I, they might, they might, they're going to win some games, but they'll be tough. But that division will be close again. But I, I think it'll be between the Giants, Dallas, and um, and Washington. and Washington exactly. And so to say that I don't think there's any definitive favorite in that division. I don't think the Giants are the favorite. I don't think the Giants are the favorite. I'll just go out on the record and say that. Do I think the Giants are going to win eight between eight ten games? Yes, I do. But I don't think that they are going. They are necessarily the favorite. I think the Dallas Cowboys will be improved. They'll win between eight ten games. I think Washington will be somewhere in that ballpark too depending on their quarterback situation. But do I think the Dallas deserves – because they paid Dak? They had Dak last year, and they wasn't winning games like that. So why would they be favorites now? I'll, I'll... Miles, you said facts, so. 
Well, he's just getting better every year, I feel like. He coming from where he came from, where he was what, the 10th, 12th quarterback taken in his draft, fourth round pick. Nobody expected him to get to this level. Now he's the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL. He still has to prove it. Like you said, he still has to prove it. He's playing under the biggest spotlight in the NFL, and that's the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. There's no other position other than shortstop for the Yankees that there's more pressure on a player than playing for the Cowboys as the quarterback. So he still has to prove a lot. But since his rookie year, he just keeps getting better, and they keep adding more weapons. So I just think that he's going to keep improving. I don't see him regressing at any point. It's only the only bad thing about this situation is the defense is they wouldn't stop a college team. Like they're that bad. Like that he had to get in shootouts. He was I remember last year up to like week seven, week eight, he was still top five in passing yards in the NFL because they literally had to play from behind the whole season while he was there. So do I think he deserves the contract? Hell yeah. Pay your guys. You got to pay the quarterback, especially him. I, I felt bad for him last year when he got hurt. It, it wasn't right, the the franchise tag and, you know, dilly-dallying with his contract, playing with his money. But I think that he's still one of the better quarterbacks in this league. Top 10. He's not top five just yet, but who knows? He's got the weapons around him to put him at that level. So, Let's see what the, the Cowboys do this offseason. If they, I say they attack the defense mainly because that's the main weakness. Like they have a line, they have a running back. They have three, I'd say, pro bowl receivers on this team right now. Imagine if they pick Pitts from Florida. That's stupid. another weapon that they have stupid. too. It'd be, That'd be crazy. But that's the, cow, that's the, that's the yeah, Cowboys. That's the It'd be stupid. Everybody loves C.D. Lamb. He had a, he had a really good rookie season, but that. that wasn't yeah that wasn't the pick him. that that wasn't a pick that was needed because they still had Amari Cooper, they still had Gallup, and picking C.D. Lamb caused their play to go down because everybody was trying to get the ball to C.D. It's a is to me there is such a thing in football where you can have too many weapons. You're not getting the ball to Zeke, especially when you're coming from behind all the time. Zeke's not getting his touches. You not you have to literally throw 60 times a game to get touches and a tips to Gallup. You got to get CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper involved, and then you want to get maybe Zeke some touches out of the backfield. It's too many, too many weapons. Capper facts, next one. Odell Beckham Jr. will be a Buccaneer next year. It's already rumors saying that Tom Brady wants Odell to be a Buck. Cap or facts, Odell will be a Buccaneer next season. Cap. 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 Big cap. Big, big cap. So what? Because Tom Brady wants this to happen? I'm so tired. I'm so tired of this Tom Brady talk, bro. Tom Brady get me so tight because he wants Odell Beckham. Now I'm supposed to believe that he's going to be there because he wants him. Yo, huh. first of all, why would they do business with them? What benefit is there for this team to do business with, with, with the Bucs? Like, what do they get in return for, for, that, for that trade? I mean, 
they they want to keep all their pieces in the defensive backfield. What the Browns need help is the defensive backfield. So are you gonna give them Antoine Winfield, the promising young rookie? No. Like, what are you giving them? Like, it's just it's just it's it's a bad it's a dumb rumor. I know people have been talking about him going to play with Tom Brady for a long time because Odell want, it's mutual. They want to play with each other, but this is the NFL, and no one cares what players really want in the NFL. That's the reality of it. So no, um, well unless you're Tom Brady, and we all know what that is, but. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Cap, big cap. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, I think we're all in agreement on that, Cap. I don't think it doesn't possibly happen though. Just in regards, like I feel the Bucks will make calls and see if they can get it done. Just because, hey, Antonio Brown got there, and we saw Bruce Arians like, no, I don't want Antonio Brown. By the end of the season. Who's on the squad? Antonio Brown. So they were paying Antonio Brown like pennies. pennies they still have to pay Odell top dollar. Top dollar for that. That's why it was I completely, I completely agree. It's just because it's Tom Brady, and it seems like that child who's adopted, and you don't want to upset upset him. So you just do you give him whatever he wants. Tom Brady seems like that spoiled child. He's two for two, asking for what he wants. He wanted Antonio Brown and Gronk, and he got both of them. So they both, they both costed nothing. Yeah, they both costed nothing. This is a this is a very expensive move for the Buccaneers, not just in terms of money, but also in terms of what you have to give up to get him, because it's not going to be cheap. And the Browns are going to have a high asking price. The Browns aren't trading them until maybe after in this this upcoming season, because they have to rebuild his value. Right now, he got hurt, and so they're going to want to see teams are going to want to see him healthy and go out there and kill. And then maybe they trade him. But if they, if they're smart, maybe they don't let him go because it could unlock Baker's game even more. If Baker can actually learn how to throw him the ball and not force it. We'll see. We'll see what they do. They need help on the back end. And Odell's the most tradable asset to do that, to get the help they need because they don't have money drafted. And the last one for cap or facts, the Dolphins trade for Isaiah Wilson solidifies the Dolphins offensive line cap or facts. What, what, what do we mean by solidifies? We be talking like, They're like, good. hey, they, they got a run game now. Nah, Tua upright. It's yeah, keep Tua upright. Yeah, um, I, I think it's I, worth it. It's, it's, it's a good, yeah. move. it's a good move, but but I don't I, I don't think it. You don't think it's hey, enough? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, you can get good linemen in in, in the draft, right? Like. Hey, we got Penny Penny Sula number five. Who who getting them? Bengals. Like, I mean, you there's there's he, does it solidify their run game to answer the simple question, or, or does it solidify their their offensive line? Probably it probably helps the problem, but I don't think he's going to be the end of all their problems. Yeah, I, it's rumored. Yeah, it's rumored. It's rumored that because of this trade, that with their pick, that first pick, they're actually going to probably draft offensive weapon like a wide receiver they're talking about instead of O-line. So Good, do that. Do that and don't don't go after Kenny Galladay and let Galladay. him go. <laughs> That's it. That's for me. Do that. I don't care. You can take whoever you want. Take Pitts. Take whoever you want to take. I'll take Kenny Galladay and I'll live happy ever after. That's fine by me. I don't know if it still applies the offensive line or not, but uh, that two is they need some targets to throw the ball to. They have they have the right idea. They're doing what I want the Giants to do for Daniel Jones. Give that give him protection. Give him offensive weapons, and now let's see what he is. Let's talk about it then. Don't talk about it. Don't talk up to me about last year for Tua. Like, last year don't really matter unless you're talking about Tua better than Daniel Jones. Then that's some nonsense because he didn't show you that. 
anyways, on to the next topic. On to the next topic. Um, predicting the awards. We'll start off with this one. Sixth man of the year. Uh, we got candidates of Jordan Clarkson, Chris Boucher, Shake Milton, Eric Gorton, Terrence Ross, who seems to be in the conversation lately, like the last four or five years, every year. Who are y'all picking for sixth man of the year? I think I, I think we're unanimous in Jordan Clarkson. Hey, man, there's something, something about them braids. Brandon, Brandon Ingram, he, he grew them braids out. He started balling. You know, Jordan Clarkson left L.A., same type of situation, grew the hair out. Now he's balling, right? Um, 18 off the bench, man. We talked about he had a few 30-point games through 40-point games. You know, he's shooting the ball at a high clip. And, and like we said, he's their savior when, when he comes off the bench and they get to go and get some water. Like, he, he's in charge of that second team. You, you know what you're going to get out of him. And, like, he, he's a key for them now. Miles already said he's the X factor that's holding them all together. He's going to need to continue to be that X factor if they're going to make a run in these playoffs and, um, you know, try to try to make a run at, at making it to the finals, which, which they won't do. But at the same time, like, again, high play from him is, is going to lead to the bag down the line. Yeah, he'll get a big bag. Think a big Next bag. one. Yeah, unanimously. Next one. Uh, most improved player this year. you got Jeremy Grant in the conversation, Christian Wood. Of course, Julius Randle, Jalen Brown, Cruz Boucher again, and of course, Shea Gilgis, Alexander's in that conversation. Hmm. I'm not even going to ask Miles. Hmm. Miles already has said Julius Randle on numerous occasions. <laughs> I think uh, what day the, the second game of the season, he already called it. Um, he followed him on our Instagram without nobody knowing. I just see Julius Randle pull up on the, the timeline. <laughs> he blocked me on my main page, so that's the funny thing. He blocked you. <laughs> I was talking mad fast to him last year. I, I'm not going to lie. Was, he so was. <laughs> Who's your most improved player? I'm going with Jeremy Grant, me personally. Have you be seen how it's always be all Knicks fans is Fairweather? Look at that comment he just made. Fairweather, what? That's Fair any No, That's no, Greg, Greg, Greg. Fairweather. Me and Miles was going back and forth at it last year about Julius Randle. He like, yo, you don't watch the games. I'm like, bruh. Put Julius Randle in a position with a good coach and a good, good squad around him. Now you, now you said this. You called this a year ago. I told, I told you, I didn't have a problem with how he played last year. <laughs> he was doing the best he could do on that roster. You see, I do I get mad at you when you playing with a bunch of scrubs at the uh, Twenty Four Hour Fitness? No, you did the best <laughs> you could do. <laughs> you, see, you see how it changed? You see how the narrative flip for Knicks fans, bro. Julius Randle was it wasn't just Miles, it was mad fans talking about trash about Julius Randle last year. And this year he had, oh my god, he's the MVP. Oh my god. We he's love you. Him. We love you. We love you. Fair weather. Fair it's weather. Not fair weather. He changed his game up. It was complete 360. Hey, I'm not, I'm not. From last year. Like it's, it's he deserves amazing how last year he was the king of the spin move spinning into double teams every game at least six times <laughs> and now he's passing out of those double teams almost averaging 23 12 and 5 right now i never thought he'd be saying this yeah 23. 23 11 23 11 and 5 he's averaging two more rebounds 2.4 more assists and he's averaging 2.4 more points and he's shooting 40% from three-point range. He's never shot that high in his career. So clearly, he did something in the offseason. Clearly, I was one of the people who motivated him to get in the gym, mm. work on his game, because he he listened. He he blocked me first, but then he got in the gym after that, and now we're here. 
anywhere anywhere else you can find maybe Jalen Brown, but none of these other guys can really match up because they're on losing squads. Like Julius Randle's basically been the savior for the Knicks this year. He's turned it around. We went from winning like 17 games this year, last year to now we have 19 at the break. Like that's, if that's not most improved, then I don't know what is. Maybe. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Jeremy Grant in there just to, for him on the aspect of his growth from always being that role player to now he's that main guy in Detroit. Of course, he's not in a winning situation. It's Detroit, so I don't know if it'll ever be a winning situation there. Maybe they got to bring back Chauncey Billups and you know Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace and try to do something like in a time castle type thing. But I'm gonna give it to Jeremy Grant, but I can't. I can't argue with Julius Randle. If he wins it, I can't be mad. Like, why are they give it to Randle? Yeah. Randle's doing his thing. Maybe Greg. Maybe, maybe Miles should heckle uh, RJ Barrett until, until, he, until he blocks him so he can be the most improved player next year instead. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should do that. Hey, it, it might work. He might get a right Trans- hand. Transition <laughs> to the next award Defensive Player of the Year. Um, ben Simmons in that conversation, Rudy Gobert, Miles Turner, LeBron James. NBA.com actually has Jamal Murray in that conversation also. I wouldn't put him in there. But who are y'all choosing for defensive player of the year? I'm not doing Rudy Gobert, though. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, we know we, we know Greg ain't, Greg ain't doing uh, Rudy either. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm going with Ben Simmons too, man. Like, see, to, to be a, a successful player in this league, you just got to do one thing really well, right? And, and Ben Simmons has shown, you know, over the past few years that he's, he's a great defensive player. And um, I, I think this year he's just emerging and, and showing us, you know, what we've already saw a little bit in the past is that like, Hey man, he may not be the best shooter, but you know, he brings something to the game and, and something to the Philadelphia Sixers that is going to make the team better and, and have them at that number one spot in the East right now. Um, <laughs> I know that the, the nets are coming, but at, at the same time, man, at the all-star break right now, you know, Philly's sitting at the number one spot. Um, Gobert, we talked about him, hell of a good player on, on defense, you know, great rim protector. But at the same time, uh, with Ben Simmons, the thing that he brings that's different from Gobert's game is Gobert plants his feet in the paint, right? They have Mike Conley on the perimeter. They have Donovan Mitchell on the perimeter. Um, and Gobert is primarily a rim protector. You know, he'll go up, he'll block shots and whatnot. With Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons can go out and close out on a defender. He's that agile. Um, and he can also rim protect because he's that big. You know, he steps into the passing lanes. He's super long. He has a huge wingspan. So uh, I, th- I think for all those reasons, leading the league right now in, in uh, what, what is it, deflections? Not not steals, yeah. Leading the league right now in deflections with almost, you know, four. So I, I think Ben Simmons is, is the clear choice. If you, if you look at everything as a whole besides just rim protection and, uh, you know, being a big force in the paint, he can do that too. But, again, he, he can guard you on the perimeter as well. Who's your pick, Miles? I got Ben Simmons. I mean, I feel like Rudy Gobert is not going to get it, or he might, but I think people are just a little tired. It's kind of like the LeBron MVP thing. It's like you could just try to give it to Rudy Gobert every year. Like this – why you? Why you got that face? You no. You can't compare it. I'm saying the situation. No, not. I know you're not comparing the player. I'm just saying you can't compare the situation. Every year, Rudy Gobert is not in that conversation. It's not the same. Yeah, it's really not the conversation for defensive player year every year. 
Heck no. What? Heck no. Yo, no. This, is the, this is that archaic mindset where it's like, oh, the big man gets all the blocks. He does a good job. It's archaic. Oh, because he gets a lot of blocks and help defense and makes him defensive player of the year. No, you don't get defensive like, player of the year. big yeah. and instinctual. Yeah, it's the same reason. The reason why I don't like Rudy being in the conversation, like Rudy, Rudy can be in the conversation fine. And obviously, he's he's a good defensive center for what he does and the role he plays in your defense. But if you think about the modern-day NBA, what, what do we value? Versatility and switching. What can't Rudy Gobert do? He can't switch out on a 1-5 pick and roll against TB3 and actually have a chance at guarding him. That's why he's not – that's why he can't be defensive player of the year. That's why Giannis can't be defensive player of the NBA because Giannis get all of his – he eats off of help defense and getting blocks. That does not make you defensive player of the, player of the year. What makes you defensive player of the year is what we said about Ben Simmons. You can switch out on a one on a one four pick and roll on a whatever whatever pick and roll whoever's out there in isolation. I can guard you. I can make your life hell on the perimeter, and I can get blocks on the inside and help defense and be great and help defense. That's what guys like Bron can do. That's what guys like Ben Simmons can do. That's what guys like AD does. You know what I'm saying? Like that's those are defensive player to your candidates. But to say, oh, Rudy Gobert's, yo. He's good at help defense. He's big. He's tall. He, he he swings his arms around. Congratulations. Like, that's not that hard. And Giannis <laughs> won it for all those years for the same reason. That's nonsense. Yo, we got to change up. This is what I'm talking about. The writers mess it up every year. The writers are the real reason why we have this work view of these awards. MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, all that. Sixth Man of the Year has been is, is, is a combination people don't really talk about. But even that's a little warped. Like, man, listen, that, that one is – I'm glad we had this conversation because I, I hope that – Antonio posted this clip instead of a hot take of mine so I can educate the listeners because this is something that we need to talk about with listeners. Learn basketball, guys. Please. Well, you know, soon see, Dan, you, you, ain't probably good. you was probably <laughs> you was probably good to the last part where you said learn basketball. Somebody gonna take offense, like I know basketball. Anywho, like everybody need to know something until they don't until they realize they don't. Oh. <laughs> hey mom, Hold up, so who, so explain please why Rudy Gobert is defensive player of the year. I didn't say that. I was that wasn't my point. I don't think he was saying that. He was saying that he's like he could be MVP. He said he could be defensive player of the year justifiably every year. That's what he was saying. Like you could justify a case for him being in the conversation and being the guy every year. That's what you were saying. I think I think that's false. That's cat. But go ahead. I think it's cat too. That's all I was really saying. From the reason that how many how many defensive players he's he's got what three now. He's got three defensive player of the years. He has one too many. Each his own. But I think Ben Simmons is the, the guy. I mean, they're number one in the East. He's defended the best offensive player on each team every game, pretty much. Whether it's a point guard, whether it's a small forward, he does it all. So you guys said enough. I don't need to say any more on this topic. Ben Simmons is the guy, and that's it. Transitioning the flag on the play, first one, accept or decline. IG models and people as such are still stuck in Atlanta after All-Star Weekend. Accept or decline? Accept. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, talk on it. Hear more. Pre so it's been a lot of uh, specifically Instagram models um have started accounts to try to raise funds for them to get back home because they are stuck in Atlanta a lot of them couldn't get actually hotels because it was all booked up so a lot of 
models and video vixens were actually sleeping in U-Hauls <laughs> in their cars. Hey, well, That's hilarious, yo. <laughs> if it's up, then you stuck because you stuck <laughs> in Atlanta right now. Because I don't, I don't think that if you don't have enough money to get back and forth. Why are you letting these people fly you out just to buy you bottles and leave you stranded in Atlanta? Idiots. Atlanta's dangerous. You, I hope you find a safe place under, you know, <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, these people are crazy out here. Flying, flying to Atlanta for All-Star Weekend, clearly there were reasons that they were flown out. <laughs> but I feel, I feel for y'all. I feel I'm not going to give you any money on your, you know, GoFundMe, but I hope you guys find a way home. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a conversation of money management also. A lot of these people have uh, link, link trees and, you know, OnlyFans account. What are you doing with your money, my, like, bruh, if you, you really out here making this bread because you, you a city girl and it's a hot girl summer and I'm a bad bitch, what you doing with your money? Spending it on you can't you, you can't you can't get back like flights is cheap right now. You tell me you can't a $70, $80 flight, and some of them up there scamming too. They go fund me someone they need three thousand dollars to get back. No, you don't. No, no, you don't stop. Yeah, it. They need three thousand for the next trip. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. You stop it. Some of them probably at home in their living room trying to scam. Just, ah, this is the last two years. This is the year of the scammers for sure they they've been getting to the bag next next one flag on the play Stephen A. Smith says that LeBron James should not keep it private on whether or not he gets the vaccination accept or decline what yeah I saw I saw a clip of this I saw him going to one of his long we think to call him soliloquies on that show he has on ESPN plus that I'm pretty sure no one watches but it's I, trash it is do, do you watch it? Bro, I just watched his clips that he posts after the fact. And, it, bro, it's him arguing against his baby self. Like, yeah, like, what it's that? hard to take him serious at this point. You know what I mean? It, it, Stephen, A., get to that bag. He's a brother. Get to the bag, bro. Yeah, of course. But, you know, like, that, that, that's just bad, poor design. But I saw this. Um, I think LeBron said something. I, I don't know if LeBron made any comments about the vaccine. I'm sure. I'm sure. He so, yeah, this is what happened. So, you know, Adam, um, Hey, what's his name? Adam Silver mentioned the vaccinations and, you know, people should start getting them. LeBron, they, of course, asked LeBron about it. He said, that's a conversation that my family and I will have pretty much keep that to a private thing. Obviously, I saw Adam had his comments about the vaccination, but things like that, when you decide to do something, that's a conversation between you and your family and not for everybody. I'll keep it that way. Stephen mm -hmm. A's argument was because he has so much influence because of LeBron, he's mm -hmm. so well known. That's something that he should actually share. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. So he, he wants um, LeBron to be the, the beacon of light for black people. So that way black people feel comfortable enough to get the vaccine because of, it's a large widespread thing that black people are not comfortable getting the vaccine because of the history of this country. It, it, in particular with situ with medical situations like this, with, with, it's, 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 it goes way deeper, like for black people. Like obviously, black people are treat, mistreated in the in the healthcare system, so they have a lot of reservations about the vaccine. And I I completely understand that. Me being someone who has felt skittish in a word about the vaccine too, because of the history here. But um, 
I, I get what Stephen A is saying, but Stephen A can't. Stephen A can't. I don't think he demanded it out of him. Like I know it's, Stephen A was very like polite in his his address of this. I saw like he was saying like I respect LeBron, I respect his opinion. I felt the same way. I'm getting vaccinated. Like he's trying to corral black people all over the country to follow his lead and get the vaccine. Um, and I I do think that's a little bit of ESPN talking to. Like I don't think ESPN will want him on there saying, "Hey, guess what? I'm not about to go do. Get the vaccine. You shouldn't either." You know, he, that's probably how you lose your job. It's a really t- it's a really touchy subject. So. Um, you know, he's trying to follow the health officials and, and their word and everything like that. And I understand that, but I understand anyone who feels skittish about this. And I understand LeBron for saying, Hey, this is, a, this is between me and my family. Like, honestly, I don't, cause LeBron probably doesn't know what he's going to do. LeBron probably doesn't know what he's going to do. LeBron doesn't, may not want to back this vaccine. LeBron is, you got to remember, LeBron is a dude who sleeps in a chamber. LeBron, everything, every minute thing that goes in his body, he knows exactly what's going in there. Do you think for a second he's not investigating this vaccine to the fullest to make sure that it's not compromising his ability to play basketball in five years or to be with his kids down the line? Like, of course he is. That guy pays attention to everything that goes in and out of his body. He is meticulous about it. No one invests more in himself than LeBron James. So why wouldn't he be careful about taking the vaccine? Why wouldn't he vet this out? Stephen A shouldn't be putting public, shouldn't be corralling the public to put pressure on LeBron. That's wrong. Like, that's wrong. Like, let LeBron talk to his family about this. If LeBron, listen, if LeBron will get the vaccine, I'll tell you what, I'm going to get that too. Because I know he vetted it. All right. But you know what? Until then, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold off. All right. Because I don't know for sure what's going on with the vaccine. But for him to put, for him to turn the public eye on this, it, it's, it's not, it's not okay with me. That's what, that's what bothered me. I know he was polite in his address, but Bron, he shouldn't be putting pressure on Bron publicly to, to go public with what he's going to do in terms of this, taking this vaccine or not, okay? It's not that simple, okay? Like, I think we all can agree as black men on this podcast, you may have some reservations about this vaccine, okay? You may have some, and you have some very logical reasons for, for thinking that, okay? Like, it's just the healthcare system has not been nice to black people in this country since its inception, okay? So it's fair for LeBron to worry about what's going to go in his body, especially when you consider who LeBron is and what makes LeBron, you know, what, what, what makes him great at his craft. Right, he takes care of his body. So, hey, I think you gotta look on. You gotta look on the flip side too. He's a a businessman. Yeah. He decides to you know talk about, hey, I got it, and because people are gonna follow because LeBron did it, that could be bad for the business. What if other people have different responses to it, and now they're looking at Bron, even though they can't blame Bron, but hey, let me vet it. He might get it. And if everything goes well, I think you would see something like LeBron coming out afterwards. Hey, I got the vaccine. Everything was good. I would suggest y'all get it. But as of right now, I'm gonna tell y'all joke is nothing. I'm gonna talk to I'm gonna talk to Savannah. Me and her gonna talk because that's the person that only really matters in the, the day. Rest Stephen A. All y'all y'all could go kick rocks. I'm gonna talk to my wife. We gonna talk. What we gonna do? Are we getting it? Are we getting Bronny with it? Then I'll let y'all know. So in that regard, like that, exactly. right like that. You gotta talk. You gotta talk to the head of the house first. Your wife, duh. Black queen, man. That's it. Only, only obligation to the black queen. That's it. You, you, Stephen A. over here asking for him to go public and all that. No, Stephen A. Go sit somewhere, bro. You getting too. You getting too. You getting too Hollywood for me now. He arguing with baby hey. himself and all that. Please, yo. If I hey, can't do three. it on the show, bro, just just put me in my place. Three of us definitely know about having to talk to our black queens first. Transition into the 
transitioning to, <laughs> to the last flag on the play. For those that don't know, our listeners, um, Miles is single and looking. Um, oh my God. <laughs> that's what the reference was to the rest of us on here are happily married or about to be married. Uh, the last flag on the play. Sacred Heart Parish School in Sacramento has decided that three students were expelled from their Catholic school after finding out that their mother had an OnlyFans account. Accept or the calling. You got to pay for the, the tuition somehow. <laughs> She's making... As of right now, they said it, she's making $150,000 monthly, which comes out to be $1.5 million a year. Oh, she bad. 100000 $100, $100, monthly? So that means she's missing no payments. I don't see the big deal. Why are we pressing her about her, her daily? Is this, it is, is this only pictures or, or is it videos too? Is videos going there too? Definitely video. According to according to according to the article, according to the article, it's just her posting um risque photos. Actually, um she according to the article, Crystal (laughs) Jackson. According to the article, she um basically was going through her own stuff and she feels like she got her groove back in a sense. She felt sexy again. So she started an OnlyFans account. Um, my thing on this, who says something? Obviously, obviously one of the priests saw the account. So y'all not supposed to be looking at it anyway, aren't y'all? <laughs> so what's the issue? She's making her payments. That got nothing to do with it. Uh, I did- I'll tell you who bagged her. It's nobody, it's nobody more nosy than the parents on the PTA board in any situation, right? It's no one more, it's no one more nosy Karen. than Cheryl, than Cheryl and Carol and and, and 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 Gwen on the on the seats on the PTA board. And so I promise yeah, you one of them one of them, one, one of them <laughs> had something to say. One of them pulled oh, yeah, like, they seen her straight jealous hating because they know darn well they can't pull it off and she making bang. bang. Shout out to shout out to Miss Jackson, Crystal Jackson. I know somebody will take her kids to be um, a part of school. Last award, the biggest award, we saved it for last, um, MVP. Right now, and the MVP rating running, of course, NBA right now has number one is Embiid, number two is Nikola Jokic, number three is Bron Bron, number four is Dane Tom, and number five is Luca. Who is y'all MVP? Embiid, baby. It's got to be Joel Embiid. And the main reason why he is Philly at the top of the East, like we talked about at the All-Star break, he's playing really good. No one can hold him. He basically – man, I think back to the Chicago game a few weeks ago um, on, on a Saturday night, probably about three, three, three and a half, four weeks ago now when he dropped that 50-point game and he was just having his way. He was doing whatever he wanted. Like, this man's game is more than just, like, posting up and, and getting buckets at the rim. You know, he'll, he'll 
<laughs> you know, Joel Embiid, man, he, he can do it all. He can handle the ball. You know, he'll face you up. He'll take it to you. Like, he'll do a fadeaway right in your face like it's nothing. Like, he, he doesn't slack off defensively defensively either. You know, he'll get back and, and play defense, rim protect, do all that. Um, it, the one thing about his defensive game is he's so long, too. Like Ben Simmons, he he forces those fadeaways and tough jumpers um, and, and makes you take those those tough shots just due to his wingspan. So, I think he's a clear-cut favorite, averaging 30 points right now and uh, 11 rebounds a, a game. So, um, yeah, man, Philly's at the top of the East. They, they got momentum, too, going into the – the coming back, coming out of the break, I should say. Um, I think they got it right with this one. Are y'all in agreement? It's Embiid. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is my MVP. Um Bron will make a run at it one more time, I think, before the end of the season. I think this is the last we'll hear of Bron being in the race. Bron may very well end up in the top, end up on top again. If the Lakers ring off like 10, 12 straight wins um, here in the second half, which they could, it easily can happen. Um, and if it happens without AD, I think Bron will win. But um, for now, I, I, I want to give it to Dame, and I'm giving it to Dame for all the reasons that um, the writers don't give it to guys like Dame and guys like Bron historically. Dame has carried the, the, the Trailblazers. They've been a very, very good team in the Western Conference, winning games on the road, winning close nail biters with him close, closing the door on teams, getting shots in the parking lot, just being and, and scoring in every way possible. Out the pick and roll, scoring downhill, hitting deep shots, hitting clutch shots, and also setting the table for his teammates too. He's done an amazing job. He's led that organization. The, the, the Trailblazers should be forever indebted to him because he's – a loss of a dying breed. He's gonna, he's gonna retire in in Portland, and that that's not something that happens that often. So, um, Dame's my guy, and obviously, you know, him retiring in Portland is not why he's the MVP this year, but because of his performance this year without CJ McCollum, keeping them afloat, keeping them in the playoff race, you've got to go with Dame. The Riders won't because the Riders value the the one seed. They have a stupid formula they use, an outdated archaic formula where if you if you're the best player on the one seed, you win. That's why Giannis got two. Giannis got to give one of them back. To be quite honest with you. So that like that, y'all should give one of them back, like for real. Just give one of your dunks back because it's really crazy. You have this ar- archaic system you're using to va- to validate guys' seasons when you have a player like Dame who's going crazy and is playing the best basketball in the NBA this year. Won't win this year because Joel's in the one seed. Make no sense. Joel has been great. He's been great, no question about it. But Dame's not missing games. Dame is here. Dame is playing. Dame is healthy. You know, like, guess what Dame's not going to be doing? He's not going to miss a game because he, he got a cut from a bar who had COVID. And I was not Joel's fault. But come on now. Like, Joel about to miss games. Okay? Like, and, and this guy, Dame's going to be there every night for his team, and he's carrying them suckers every night. He is the MVP. Dame's the MVP. He deserves it. He, he deserves that respect from everybody in the basketball world. And I don't think he gets it enough. It's while Dame. talking about it, while talking about it, you mentioned, you know, Giannis giving one back. Since we're on that discussion, Steve Nash got to give a couple back too, but Miles, facts. Facts. That, that's big, 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 big facts. While while you sitting on that bench, send one of those to Vanessa. Mail it back. Send, send one of those to Vanessa Bryant. That's all I'm saying. That's it. Hey Miles, who's your shout out to Vanessa Bryant too? Though she won her case. That's big right. big shout out to her. Uh, Miles, Julius Randle, your MVP. Nah, I agree <laughs> with Craig. I, I like. I like the, <laughs> <laughs> I like Dame as the MVP. I know he's not going to get it, but I mean, who would have thought that they'd still be where they are in the Western Conference without McCullum? Like he has, 
his number two guy on this team this whole way out has been Gary Trent Jr., who's been he's having a great year, but good year. He's not CJ McCollum. So the fact that they're winning games and staying afloat and they're still in the middle of the pack, a couple games out of the three seed. I mean, how do you not give it to a guy like that? Like he's been one of the most clutch, if not the most clutch player this year. Like I feel like every night when it's a close game, he's had some shot to put them in the lead or just a game winner. Like he, he's been that deadly. And then, I mean, it doesn't hold any weight, but what he did in the all-star game was ridiculous. Like those shots are incredible. That has no weight for the MVP whatsoever. I just had to recognize greatness when you see it, but like just watching Dame, it's just like, I wish he was in somewhere else where he could definitely get a ring because I don't see it in Portland, but he's doing everything he's, he can every year, just like he's done his whole career, just like he did the year he brought them to the Western Conference Finals. He's doing everything he can to keep this team where they where they are, and somebody's got to give him love. Even though that's crazy that he's number four on the MVP list. Something that you, you mentioned, too, in regards to the love, after the All-Star game, you mentioned the All-Star game, ESPN, their post was Giannis and Steph shine in All-Star game. Wait, hold, hold on. What? That's done on Not- purpose. That's so done on purpose. Like, it's because they want they wanted to get this guy up out of Portland. That's really what this is. You know, the media, the national media forces these guys out of these small markets. They do it all the time. I don't know if you heard Jill and Jacoby. Jill and Wanda ran about this. He was talking about how like he's so sick and tired of like the national media forcing these guys out of small markets with stuff like that, little petty things like that. Look what they did. Um, I'm also going to end with this too on my end. Uh, Dame is as good as Steph Curry at basketball. I, I I don't I don't respect any list that has Steph Curry over Dame anymore. You're not going to get any respect from me. It, it, period. Like at all. Like Dame is as good as Steph Curry because last time I checked, Dame don't need Draymond to be crazy, go crazy. Just saying. Dame don't need Draymond to win games. Something that we definitely got to talk about on the next episode, which I think is a very interesting conversation. We got to talk about is Jane Harden the MVP for the Nets, and should he be a part of this MVP discussion? Mm, NBA.com has him on the he has him on the outside looking in. Mm. I think you got to put him in the conversation. I'll put him above Luca if we're doing this ranking, in my opinion. Easy. I don't even know why Luca on there. He's white. I, <laughs> he's not doing. Yo, Gray becoming crazy. Luca well, is white. Why is Luca on there? <laughs> Yo, twenty-eight. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you the stats: twenty-eight points, eight rebounds, nine assists, one steal per game. Eighteen and sixteen is their record. Number eight in the West. Eighteen and sixteen. So the eighteen and sixteen, and he's the MVP conversation. According well, to NBA.com. Two Porzingis, words. Porzingis has been hurt for most of the season. So. Two words. White <laughs> privilege. Are you kidding me? So what? So he in there over James, bro? James not James <laughs> outside looking in and, and he's in? So that's really wild. And don't tell me it's because James forced his way out of oh, yeah, Houston on bad terms. Don't do that. Let's, we, we can talk about it because I, I can go all night with this. Oh, yeah. It's a late night pod. Yo, that white Privilege, two words. Luca, white privilege. It doesn't have well, to definitely do with Kyrie and KD. 
They want to give a white guy the MVP so bad, bro. They over here reaching for straws. Yo, he's in the conversation at 18 and 16. They don't play no defense. Luka play no defense. None. <laughs> yeah, this oh, is – They both this, don't defense, but – Ooh, James? No, no, James is trying. Yo, Luka don't try. Luka does not try, bro. Luka is horrible on defense. Horrible. We'll no, definitely – Yeah, we'll definitely have this on the docket for our next show. Oh, um, this, was a, this was a late night one uh, for our listeners and our followers that, you know, be rocking with us just so – yeah, I know. We're trying to take the podcast to this next level, so we're going to be a little bit more vulnerable with y'all. Chris has a bedtime. This is way past his bedtime, so we bro, what definitely... Is it's been past my bedtime, bro. Uh, we, I, definitely, I <laughs> we definitely hopping off. Uh, again, we thank y'all for the support. Make sure I subscribe. Make sure you follow. Tag a friend. All of that great stuff. Continue doing what y'all doing. We appreciate y'all. But y'all know the vibes. You stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. That includes sleep also. Peace. Peace. That is.